Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into another week in movies in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. got seven movies uh, that I'm going to kind of briefly touch on and talk about that I've seen in the last week or so that came out this year uh, relatively recently. Most of them are still in theaters. One of them is from Netflix, so they are all, relatively speaking, available to everyone to see. And... I didn't think that any particular, like, maybe one or two of them I could have covered in, like, half an episode's worth of time, but I think most of them are better suited to kind of five-minute tops summaries and, and, and reflections, because a lot of them aren't that good. Uh, there's some bad movies in this list, for sure, and we'll get to those uh, as we do. And I don't really have... There's no particular order. It's not best to worst, worst to best, or chronologically. I have a list I threw together on a notepad document, so it's just going to be top to bottom as far as that's concerned. And that was kind of just put together off the top of my head. So, uh, yeah, let's let's just uh, get into this as we can. First movie. First movie is called Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Uh, I saw this a little over a week ago at the theater, and the story, it's about um, Professor Marston, who is the creator of the comic Wonder Woman, and this movie kind of follows his personal life, and the way he used the influences around him, and his personal job, and facets to ultimately arrive at Wonder Woman as a sort of parable or, or analogy for kids. You know, his, his intention, as you find out in the movie, for the comic is to instill upon kids this idea that it's okay to submit to other people, um, as can be seen through the use of Wonder Woman's lasso and the fact that the comic itself particularly at the inception of it, was very much revolved around a type of bondage. It, you know, whether it was the villain uh, tying up Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman tying up, tying up the bad guys, they all kind of led us to this point where he was trying to use that depiction, that idea, those sensibilities to instill upon kids, and probably not just kids, but kids in particular, that that was okay. You know, you don't have to be strong and emotionless and, and, you know, dominant in every aspect of your life. And the movie uh, gives us this kind of wrapper of uh, uh, Luke Evans, who plays Professor Marston, as he's like in a, uh, what's the term, like a debriefing, a... a uh, um, Connie Britton is basically like trying to figure out why his comics are so smut-filled and so uh, not okay for kids, as they would term them. 
and personally, I, I don't have any issue with it. I think the comics looked fine. I like I think his his intentions were noble, and I think that there's no a problem with it whatsoever. But this comic came out in like the 40s or 50s, and you know those are different times and people had different sensibilities and different things were okay and different people thought different things then and uh, it's fine I get that I can I understand why there was such a backlash you know I understand why people burned the comics you know that's the opening scene is all these kids burning a pile of Wonder Woman comics which is horrifying you know to think about when Wonder Woman is like the box office queen from this year over the summer and yet you know 60 70 some odd years ago they responded to her image and responded to her stories vehemently like incredibly violently and vehemently and that i think that side of this movie is fascinating but I think it's it ends up being overshadowed by the other part of this movie, which is the home life of Professor Marston and his wife, played by Rebecca Hall, and one of their students who becomes an aide for them, uh, played by, oh, I don't remember, <laughs> Wonder Women. Um, what was her name? Uh, Bella Heathcote, uh, who you may recognize from... Such films as The Neon Demon, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, uh, Dark Shadows, In Time, Fifty Shades Darker, maybe. Uh, she plays their aide slash student, and it also revolves around uh, the Marstons. William Marston is Luke Evans, and Elizabeth Marston, Rebecca Hall, trying to create a lie detector, uh, which would later become the inspiration for the lasso that Wonder Woman uses. But the personal lives that are very unconventional, particularly at the time, uh, created in, uh, starts in like the late 30s, 1940, and Wonder Woman was created as a comic book in 1941. And, you know, it was such a, the circumstances that these people lived under were very, not standard uh, especially at that time and would probably not be I mean they wouldn't be considered standard now but they would be probably more acceptable now by some not everyone and I thought that element those dynamics were fascinating because you know this type of a movie you completely expect to see one for one compare uh, analogies between the comic book and the character of Wonder Woman and the lives of Luke Evans and Rebecca Hall and Bella Heathcote. And what happens is those par those like parallels are there, but they're not, they don't shine a light on them. They're not obvious. They aren't uh, like thrown in your face for the most part. And one or two of them are, but for the most part, they, you know, there's these subtle hints like, uh, you know, you see, uh, I think one of the one of the ones I liked particularly was the um, bracelets that Wonder Woman uses that deflect bullets, and you see the origin of that in this movie. It's never spoken of, it's never really called out and and examined in such a way, but it's there, and you get why it was there. 
And so it, it was just it was just cool and interesting to see the origin of this story and made all the better because Evans and Hall and Heathcote are fantastic and their characters are written beautifully. It was really like an interesting story behind the story that's already interesting in and of itself. And I really liked it. I really liked the movie. Uh, I gave it a pretty solid rating on my spreadsheet of 78. Uh, so it's currently in my top 20 for this year. Uh, it's toward the bottom but it is currently still in that top 20. And I think, you know, I think uh, particularly Rebecca Hall really impressed me, uh, so much so that she's currently in my female lead category right now. And I think she she does a wonderful job in this movie, just, you know, balancing the relationships that are cultivated and the ones that she has to maintain with all these external influences and people that don't like what's happening and, and this, that, and the other thing. And it's, it's difficult, you know, it's, it's tough to, you know, it's, it's tough to be in a position that these, this family and this group of people were in at the time that they lived, not only for the discrimination and the subjugation of, of their lives and their children, but just, you know, knowing that what they're doing, as terrible as other people think it might be, is, in fact, what they want and how they feel. And those conflicts, you know, are great in stories. And I think this movie particularly does a good job of it. Uh, so I really liked it. It's probably on its way out of theaters right now, unfortunately. But uh, if you could catch it, I would suggest it you know it's not the kind of movie that you need to see on a big screen at all so you might end up just waiting to see it later but i really like this movie and i think it's pretty good pretty good pretty pretty good professor marston and the wonder women next up is the florida project now the florida project is a you know it's a an awards contender this year for sure uh, a lot of people are talking about Willem Dafoe, a supporting actor. He's pretty great in it. I even have him as supporting a supporting actor nominee in my category right now. Uh, I don't think I'm as high on him as some other people are. And uh, in fact, I would say that uh, I, I don't have him very high on my top five my five right now you know he would not win the category if it if the year ended tomorrow so he's in there he's not number one at the moment but he is significant you know he is definitely a force to be reckoned with but he is a sporting actor in this movie and the movie revolves around these unknown actors uh these kid actors who live in a motel in florida nearby uh disney world they live in a hotel called magical kingdom it's a gorgeous looking hotel as far as the colors go otherwise it seems fine you know average at best uh but Willem Dafoe does what he can and it's kind of the story told through the eyes of this little girl uh played by brooklyn prince and she and her mother single mother 
struggling to make ends meet and afford to live where they live. And so, you know, no one's looking after the kids. She gets to pretty much do whatever she wants. And we just kind of follow her, do whatever she wants for the most part. You know, other than a couple of scenes, we generally are just in her head and and in over her shoulder and watching as she is playing with her little friends and getting into trouble and and antagonizing adults and and then ultimately you know spending time with her mom and trying to help make her mom make enough money to continue to live there and it's a good movie it's a really good movie it just has some of the worst characters ever and I don't mean like poorly written. I mean, these are awful people. Uh, particularly uh, Brooklyn Prince, who plays Mooney. Her mother, uh, Haley, is awful. She's absolutely awful. Terrible person. You know, I think most of the characters in this movie are fairly awful. The kids included. And he, with the exception of, you know, Willem Dafoe, I didn't like any of these people. I didn't want them to succeed. I didn't want them to be able to live the way they were trying to, you know, they seem, you know, they all want to get out of this life that they're in, but they can't because they're incapable of coming to terms with their own issues. And there are issues that are very obvious to anybody watching the movie, but, you know, they're so self-centered and so selfish and so oblivious to the problems they're creating with their kids, the problems they're creating with their friends, their neighbors, that they can't, you know, see the forest for the trees, essentially. And Haley, in my opinion, is the worst (laughs) offender of them all. And it's just difficult to watch because so many, they do such terrible things. And and so it, it doesn't ever it never broke into like great amazing territory for me. I had trouble liking and enjoying watching this movie at times, but it is a good movie and you know, I I won't be surprised to see it show up frequently on the award circuit. I don't know how how much more it shows up for besides Willem Dafoe, maybe nothing, uh, but I think that it certainly is it's certainly well made. You know, I like Sean Baker. I really like Tangerine, and I think this is a slight improvement over that, uh, markedly because of Willem Dafoe. But I think he's telling a better story in this movie as well. It just there's a lot of buildup, and I think the payoff isn't great. It's really good. There's a like the the final few minutes of this movie are fantastic, but I don't think the buildup is worth it. You know, we spend so much time building up to this moment, and as rewarding as it is, it doesn't satisfy you because of how long it took to get to it. You know, I think 10, 15 minutes cut from this movie would have been perfect, almost. And I I, I don't know if you could just, like, characterize the people differently. I don't know if that would improve the movie or not, because it's difficult to... I think that the reason the ending works is because of how hated these characters were. But the problem is you have to hate them for an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and and a half, just to get to 
this ending that's so good and that's kind of a problem that's kind of an issue so it will make you feel things for sure it's a very emotional movie and it's very much it's very stream of consciousness you know it's not a narratively driven film it just kind of follows this girl and her friends and these characters that live in this hotel and that's about it so at times it can feel like nothing's happening because it isn't but all in all it's a good movie and i think it's 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 gonna it's probably gonna hmm, i don't know i don't know that people are going to be talking about it the way people talked about tangerine last year but they should because i think they're it's just as good uh i think it's better but i think it's it's at least as good as tangerine in all senses of the word so the florida project number two next up uh we'll kind of pivot away from some of these good movies into The Snowman. Uh, The Snowman is a new movie that came out this weekend starring Michael Fassbender and uh, Rebecca Ferguson, among others. And, man, I, I could not tell you what this movie is supposed to be about. Apparently, it's... Apparently, Michael Fassbender's character, uh, Harry Hall, Hole. Harry Hole, something like that, is, you know, he's a drunk detective that works in Norway, Oslo, Oslo something, and he takes on this case of a guy who builds a snowman by his victims, kinda, and for the life of me, this movie's two hours long, it's really shitty, don't go see it. None of the actors are doing anything worth looking at. There's really only one reason I didn't give this a zero, and that's the landscapes. The landscapes and some of, like, cinematography and and picturesque vistas are gorgeous. Uh, You know, the snow-covered mountains and, and fields and trees and stuff look amazing. But all the characters are awful and not bad people. Some of them are, but... They're just poorly constructed and portrayed, as well as the story makes no sense and is completely convoluted. The backstory behind most of the characters is irrelevant and unnecessary. You don't have any emotional connection to anybody. Decisions being made are confusing, to say the least, and all in all, you end up with this 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 climax that uh you know doesn't resolve it it just ends you know it fizzles not that there's really any build-up anyway but it just it just fizzles for no reason and uh don't go see it i don't really want to talk about it anymore (laughs) it's terrible it's really really fucking bad so the snowman i gave it a five don't don't watch it it's awful Next up, uh, number four, is Breathe. Breathe is a an Andrew Garfield film, also starring Claire Foy, directed by uh, Gollum or Andy Serkis. And in this movie, you have um, Andrew Garfield develops polio and hates his life 
once he has it, you know, you have polio, it attacks your spine, you are now paralyzed from the neck down. And so he hates being in the hospital, does not want to stay in the hospital, wants to live. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the trailers, which, in my opinion, basically give away the entire movie. But ultimately, it's more about Claire Foy and her willingness to stay with him and her inability to let go and how for the most part this is a good thing for the most part you know she is able to get Andrew Garfield out of the hospital she is able to get him to leave the house because she's able you know she pushes him and uh, convinces him to try to live and that you know he needs to survive for not just himself and not just her but for their son for their friends their families and so you know he works with Hugh Bonneville Hugh Bonneville creates this like wheelchair that also has a breathing apparatus on it and he's able to go about town and and do things and be places and understand you know see the world still which is fantastic and uh i something i i don't know i you know andrew garfield was good and i think he does a good job of of portraying this character and and, and being himself in this way but I think Claire Foy is, for me, the MVP of this movie. She's fascinating, and I liked her character far more than than his. Uh, I think she gives a better performance as well. So, on the other hand, uh, it's it's a little sappy, it's a little formulaic, and as I said, I think the trailer gives away the whole movie. But it's it's a little. I don't know. It's 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 written poorly. You don't get to see the ugliness of these characters ever, and you have to imagine, given the circumstances, there was quite a bit of ugliness going on. You know, it just it's just inevitable that that I don't know, just like the hatred and the irritation and the frustration and the the uh, I don't know. It's just all these factors you know and this the inability of Andrew Garfield to like do things he just has to lay there and you know there's a scene where due to complications he almost dies and when he's not dead um Claire Foy's character asks him like are you okay and he just kind of says like that was different and like no one thinks or says that that doesn't make sense you know you don't no real person reacts that way and that bugged me throughout the movie i think the writing in it is poor but i think claire foy and Andrew garfield to a lesser extent and most of the cast like the cast is pretty good all around and i think that the movie itself does a good job of of showing just <sighs> how revolutionary this this these creations were but not how painful and and difficult it was to get to them it makes everything seem really easy it sets up a 
problem and it's solved in the next scene. It sets up another problem and the next scene it's solved. And, you know, that's not enjoyable. It's not fun to watch that, really. So, I don't know. It ends up being kind of an averagely rated movie for me, maybe a little below average, but all in all, it was not bad. You know, I just didn't quite like it enough, as as it were. So that's um, Breathe, number four. Number four. Um, the fifth movie is the movie I mentioned uh, that came out on Netflix over the weekend, which is called Wheelman. And this stars Frank Grillo as a getaway driver, basically, who has a bad night. Um, You know, he's got a guy on the phone who's telling him, you know, this guy's job is like, tell him where the drop is, tell him what to do, tell him where to go. And a a second person calls him and throws off his entire methodology, throws off his system, throws off everything. And all of a sudden, it's a action, breathless, chase, heist, getaway movie, essentially. Uh, you know, think of something like Locke, but it's an action movie, not a drama. Or Mad Max Free Road, but it takes place entirely inside one car. There isn't too much else to say about it. It's just... Uh, it was nice. It was an enjoyable movie, and it's very short. It's like 82, 83 minutes or so, so it doesn't take up a lot of time, and, <clears throat> you know, it's on Netflix, so it's it's very much watchable. I liked it. I liked it. It's good. It's nice. It, it's, 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 it doesn't require a lot of investment, and that is definitely a strength that plays to its advantage. So that's number five, Wheelman. Number six is Same Kind of Different as Me. This is a religious film that came out uh, this weekend, last weekend, uh, starring Greg Kinnear and Renee Zellweger and Jimin Hounsou. I might be pronouncing that wrong. And uh, essentially, it's about Renee Zellweger begins to work at a homeless food shelter place, forces Greg Kinnear, her husband, to do so as well. Uh, enter Jimin Hounsou, who is violent and abrasive and antagonistic, which are all the qualities that you want in a friend. And <laughs> Renee Zellweger basically forces Greg Kinnear and Jimin Hounsou to become friends. And that's the movie. Uh, it is based on a true story. I don't know how much the details were fudged or anything like that you have just just i don't know it, it it's unremarkable and has no i don't know it doesn't it doesn't have anything to offer uh to someone who's ever seen any movie ever it, it doesn't do anything new it doesn't do anything interesting and none of the performances are particularly memorable or or impressive uh, there's no style to the movie. There's no excitement to the movie. You know exactly where it's going as soon as the characters are introduced because you know what kind of movie you're watching. 
you know it's it's meant to be as inoffensive and feel good as possible and i would say that it's definitely offensive to anyone with half a brain so it's it's again i I would say avoid this movie and don't go see it because it's not very good i think i gave it another really low score i gave it a nine uh gave it a nine it's awful it's terrible don't go see same kind of different as me that's number six and finally number seven um for this episode is a new movie which comes out this weekend. Uh, It is already out. Uh, It had previews last night. We went and saw it last night, and that's Suburbicon. This is the newest film directed by George Clooney, starring Matt Damon, Julianne Moore, among others. And it's kind of gotten bad reviews, sort of panned. It's expected to completely bomb this weekend at the box office. And if you've seen the trailers, it doesn't seem like that would be the case. You know, it seems very Coen Brothers-esque. It, you know, it has Matt Damon in it, Julianne Moore, George Clooney's behind the camera. So these are good things, generally. And yet, now having seen the movie, I completely understand why people feel this way. It is very uh, discombobulated. It is at odds with itself at times, and even, you know, spending, you know, half an hour to an hour after having seen the movie, discussing the movie, and slowly coming to realizations that would have made the movie better, it still doesn't make the movie feel good, you know, it it takes that much effort just to gain a couple of, of decent thoughts about it, and that's not how movies should be. Uh, I would say that, you know, if, if anything, you know, people talk about some movies being conglomerates of different movies, as in you look at something and it just feels like a Frankenstein's monster where different pieces of other movies have been pieced together. And this is one of the best examples of that. It, it really does feel like two different movies were stitched together and presented as one because they don't really add up to a whole they are two just pieces which was very frustrating because i think there's a lot of different ways clooney could have drawn good conflict and good parallels and good comparisons between these two circumstances between these two storylines and yet all of those things are heavily heavily inferred you know to even be seen let alone you know, shown to us on the screen. It's, it's, you know, it would be a gross overstatement to call the movie, like, you know, subtle, because while the things that you're seeing are the most blatant things ever, the connections that I think the movie could have possibly maybe been trying to make if it wanted to are, are not there. They're just not there. Um, and so it was just, it was just a really strange experience. It was a really weird movie and it does not, the sum of its parts are not, are less than the parts themselves. You know, I thought Matt Damon was weird and I didn't like his performance in this. 
uh, similarly to the Florida Project, most of these are characters in this movie you hate unconditionally for every reason. And it, it was just... It's just kind of like a very problematic movie from start to finish, and one that I continuously found myself scratching my head and wondering why this thing was happening, or why that thing was happening, or, you know, why would they choose to do this? Why, you know, these plot lines don't add up together, these character decisions don't make any sense to me. And that's frustrating because I like George Clooney, and I've generally liked, for the most part, the movies he's directed. I fairly enjoy Matt Damon. I like Julianne Moore, and this does not make the best use of any of those things. Uh, or the Coen Brothers writing, you know, none of these things are very good in this movie, and despite the activity happening behind the camera, behind the, whatever happened to the screenplay, and how it was altered and changed, I, I don't know the specifics, I know what I've heard, uh, and generally the feeling is that Clooney added a lot to the Coen Brothers screenplay, which is why it feels like two disjointed movies. But even still, like Clooney's been in, in enough movies and around enough movies to know how to make a movie, so I feel like there has to be more to it than just he added stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like it. That's Suburbicon. Um, not good. It's a f disappointing. It has a good trailer, but not not a good movie. Uh, and Oscar Isaac, I thought, was wasted. He gets, like, two scenes. It's very frustrating. It's a shame. It's a shame. So, uh, just to kind of run down these movies again. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, The Florida Project, The Snowman, Breathe, Wheelman, Same Kind of Different as Me, and Suburbicon. The only ones I'd really recommend are Marston... Frauda Project and Wheelman. Um, I don't think Wheelman is as good as the other, the, the first two, but I do think it is an enjoyable break from reality, as it were. Uh, it's pretty violent, though, so heads up. And that's it. Those are the movies I wanted to talk about. Like I said, I don't really have too much to say about most of them, which is why I did the episode like this. Um, thank you so much for listening. I will be back on Monday. I have an idea of what that episode's going to be because it will be, what, October 30th? Uh, I'm going to do something Halloween-themed. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll think of it when I think of it. But that's the plan. So, thank you so much for listening. I uh, appreciate it uh, a whole lot. And if you have... Any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to check out the podcast or me or the spreadsheets or any of the other, other things, uh, head over to circleoffilm.com. And if you would like to uh, support the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, check out patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I know she'll never leave me Even as she fails